going on everyone welcome to another episode of the mcu after show and i'm your host carlo and we have dion below me oh i like this yeah i could do this on the comment panel he's below me and then we have the variant paris also with us what's going on everybody hey what's up man well i know you're not a variant well, you know, I that's a good question. Did my beard get shorter? Is there any changes to it? Is it curling? A little bit grayer. A little bit grayer. Is it? I might be a variant. <laughs> yeah, it could be. But today we are going to be talking about Loki, which was a very hot show on Disney+. Plus. In fact, it was very well done. The acting was phenomenal. So I am excited to get to talking about this show. I think this thing could have been a movie. It was so good. So uh, uh, in the season of Loki, we're going to cover the whole thing. There were six episodes in total. Um, and it just feels like it went by so fast. I want it to come back already and <laughs> see more Loki. Poor guy. You learned to love Loki through this thing. But let's talk about a little bit about relationships in this series, right? Okay, so in the series... They introduced Loki, obviously, and they introduced Morbius, and they're, they're kind of like they had a very in interesting relationship. It was, it was like at first it was like a distrusting kind of relationship. Like, what are you trying to get out of me? You know, I can I trust you? And Morbius looks at Loki like, ah, you're just a bad jokester. You're just a bad, terrible. You know, God of Asgard that's uh, that fools everybody, but you ain't going to fool me, you know, and they start off their relationship that kind of way. And it gets intriguing because there's a lot of back and forth talk and there's a lot of conversation and dialogue about what would you know, what's his plan? How did he divert the timeline? What is going on with this guy, you know, and then you kind of find out that there's. So many Lokis out there uh, for Morbius. He just tells Loki straight out, you know, all you guys are basically the same kind of jokes, bad jokesters, you know. And then it gets a little bit more interesting later on in the series uh, as we talk about relationships. We have Loki and then we have Sylvie, who is a female Loki. And in some sense, again, at first, Loki is trying to track this variant down that Sylvie doesn't know any, doesn't even know it's a female Loki. And when they come in contact, he is so intrigued by her intelligence and by her abilities and how she manipulated and escaped the TVA that he decides, I'm just going to go ahead and side with my female self because I kind of love her in some unique way. Um, which I thought was kind of a twist that Loki loves himself 
Uh, and man, that's mind blowing. Like he's he literally said he's narcissistic. Just think about that. Well, that is (laughs) that is true as well. And then you have Ravana and Morbius, and Ravana is like the the judge of the uh, the TVA, the kind of council, and they don't really tell you how she got there in the first episode. But what you do see is that at first, Morbius is very loyal to Ravana and the TVA. And you figure like, okay, well, Morbius is not going to break the rules of the TVA no matter what throughout the series. Like, you feel like it's something he just believes in. Mm-hmm. And the TVA is set up really cool. It is a place that exists within time, but is on scene. And where all these people come from, you have no idea. But it's just so interesting because it's it's retro, but yet it's sophisticated with technology. And, I mean, you have to go to your court sentence, your hearing, because you're a variant. Even though, if, even if you don't know you're a variant, they just come and pick you up and kidnap you from your time and be like, you're a variant, reset time. And there's no reasoning for it. Like in the first episode, you don't have any idea why they do all this kind of stuff. Uh, the TVA is set up it, almost like a real world employment office. They have like mail and files and they have desk clerks and they have snack machines. Like, it almost feels like uh, like Men in Black or something, right? It's just got this all this weird stuff going on. And it feels retro, right? It doesn't feel fear, futuristic. It feels retro but it's futuristic technology at the same time. It's like kind of crazy. Um, yeah. And like, as, as you see in these pictures, thanks to Marvel studios and Disney, these are exclusive pictures of theirs that they share on their press site, but you can see um, him like the scanner. Like when he goes in, he gets scanned, he gets a collar on his neck at the TVA. It's like a real kind of place where they investigate these variants and a lot of times they just end up um pruning the variants and killing them but for some reason morbius is very interested in loki and that kind of sets the whole series off it's like okay this loki might be a little bit different all of a sudden to morbius and morbius doesn't understand why but we'll get in you know we'll get a little bit into that as we all talk but you know paris um there's some relationships in here as well uh I see, you know, the Morbius and jet skis, right? What's going on with that? <laughs> but, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his passion. <laughs> he, uh, for some reason, he had a passion for jet skis, but we're not sure if that's because of the actions that took place in the TVA. But he was like, once he gets a chance, he's going to ride a jet ski. And um, it, it was quite interesting that he shared that with Loki and, and the rest of the, and the rest of uh other folks in the in the show but yeah yeah and that's sort of ties back to the relationship that they had with each other once they began trying once they began trusting each other a little bit um they shared more and more details about each other so that was pretty cool and his passion with uh, jet skis were was awesome you know the fans were like we better see him on the jet ski he better not we, we, they better not kill off kill him off because we need to have him uh, get that get that ultimate goal of him riding the jet ski. So we'll see what happens uh, 
as we go through this. And as we know, season two was, had been launched or well, they greenlit season two, Loki. So, oh, so um, I would just want to point out that um, his name is Mobius, not to be confused with Morbius from the other Matrix, but Mobius. Um, which is the thing about this in season one, how did it start out that I think is interesting is the only character we know is Loki. Everything else is new to us. We don't know any of these people. We don't know where they come from. We don't understand any of this. Everything's turned upside down. It does start out, however, how uh, uh, hopefully everyone's seen how the original Avenger movie in and Endgame to see how this plays out. But it was pretty cool um, how, you know, it's like a flashback. And then he zips to this area that's, basically where Iron Man 1 takes place. So one other thing I think is interesting is out of all the Marvel TV shows on, on Disney Plus, this is the first one that does not take place after the end game. This is before, right? And, and it's kind of like, okay, well, what kind of story can they tell us that would kind of bring this together to kind of get us anticipating what's to come? So, you know, I, and as we go through this journey, you know, we're going through, um, you know, like I said, uh, seeing how the TVA exists, seeing all this weird stuff. And like I said, it seems um, classic, kind of like a 70s or 60s or something. I don't know. You guys tell me, but it seems like it's coming from that older style era. Right. And then, you know, you got Mobius. Yes, Clowns, he, he, I, I know you touched on the relationships and I feel like you know, everyone wants to believe in something. And there's always one that's dedicated to the craft, right? And he was that guy who believed in what they were doing was the right thing, right? And, I, you know, be honest with you, I just never seen this before. So I'm, hey, all this is new, trying to seek it in. And I'm, I don't know if I got it all, but hey, it's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot of spinning wheels here. And, things going on in the background. I mean, I didn't know what a variant was until this came up. What, what I didn't, this is all new, but hey, it's, it, is, it is cool to see that there is something beyond our understanding, kind of like a outside of the universe introducing multiverse, even though we've seen multiverses before, we didn't see a police of a multiverse, right? We, we didn't know that, that that was a thing. And then, you know, the Loki we're looking at it's not the Loki who kind of had like lessons learned or whatever in the end game and had to change a heart and all this good stuff. No, this is the guy who just got beat up by Hulk spoilers. If you guys didn't see, but yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not pretty happy at <laughs> getting slammed around a, a bunch of times. So um, seeing them snatch him from that time zone and then kind of moving forward, they take, you know, they neutralize them, neutralize his powers. Another thing, you know, like I said, they have advanced technology, but it just seems weird, like out of place. Not that you're supposed to understand it, but it's supposed to be bizarre, I guess, to kind of get us guessing and thinking. Um, right. You know, uh, when uh, Loki, you know, basically was attempting to do his little plays, you know, doing, trying to manipulate the uh, situation so he can escape and use his powers, et cetera, et cetera. And, it's funny how he kept getting caught off guard by because they already know all his tricks and and then you know Mobius 
their relationship is kind of like a, a buddy cop relationship. You know, those kind of movies where, you know, you got these duo and they kind of play off each other. That's what it seemed like to me. And um, he review, he pretty much reveals all the stuff we know before that happened to that Loki. Just to get back on track, I want to say, you know, uh, alluding to what PK said earlier, you know, it's it's uh, Mobius and not Morbius. And I said Morbius as in the vampire from Marvel. I'm getting confused a little bit. But now could he be a, a, a variant of the vampire? I don't know. But Paris, um, you know, there's, you know, I was looking into a little bit of research and in Fantastic Four, there is a little bit of information about the TVA. But in as far as Loki series goes, can you go ahead and and get into a little bit of the TVA with us? Right. Yeah. So when when Loki uh, picked up the uh, Tesseract and vanished and landed, you know, in the sand, you know, shout out to the Iron Man sort of uh, uh, throwback there. Um, you know, he was arrested right away by the TVA. Um, and it, and it's, and it's crazy. Really. I'm like, who are these people? Like, what are they doing? Okay. Well, there looks like they're cops. They capture him and they take him in. They put him in a jumpsuit. <laughs> you know, they are actually recording every single word he had ever said on a stack of paper. And they're like, sign these please. And he's, <laughs> you know, and he loves to talk. So, and that's something that you notice all through all the all the movies that Loki's a talker. That's like, oh yeah, he loves to talk. He won't stop talking. Right. How he is, right? And the TVA, yeah. just knowing that they exist, it's like, okay, what are they doing? So in the first episode, you're not you're not really sure. You just know that he was arrested for a crime. Um, and during that, you know, he was, you know, trying to do his magic tricks and trying to get out of that and it was all blocked. Um, and then uh, he's seen the other guy get pruned, right? So he's just like, whoa. And that's when he sort of snapped to it. PK, you know, when we were, when, when they were taking Loki around, you know, they, they talked about the, uh, the Infinity Stones. You know, what do you think about that scene and how they sort of just, they were useless there? So I think that's, uh, when I look at stuff like that, I, I view that as like a, a story element to say, it's time to move on, right? Mm-hmm. Can't change the past. You can't revisit. And, and, and the, I think it's the way I view it is symbolism, right? So like I said, it's, it's like, that was his go-to. It was always his go-to, right? Even in the Thor, that was his go-to. However, things change. And now it's time to move on. It's time to think of different pictures and maybe even twist it upside down. And that, that's how I viewed it as kind of like a symbolism of that arc is over. Yeah. I know did you, you want to be a part of it, but this is over. Yeah. Did you think that uh, when they made the comment that, hey, these are all paperweights, <laughs> I started right. laughing. I was like, what? And then and they were like, how right. do they get all these other stones? So, right. Right. And that's kind of what I'm saying is like, they don't view them as threats. You, you don't see them hesitating or feeling some at you know they're very confident that that don't mean anything so in my mind they have enough knowledge or understanding of what's going on to know that whatever happened with Thanos 
it didn't affect anything because it's over. And I don't know what that really means because, you know, the first episode is kind of like, wow, like, really? This is where we at? Uh, there are nothing. We just went through like two movies dealing well, 10 years of movies dealing with these stones and now they're nothing. But again, I, I the way I, I feel and I might be wrong, I'm just speculating based on the intentional language they used is, hey, they're paperweights. They don't do anything. These people don't or do not fear a snap. Right. They don't fear any of that. Why? Well, they have to have some kind of information. Information is power. So not only that, I think, it, like I said, behind the scenes, so many words, it's symbolism. Time to move on. Whatever the next big thing is, which is time, apparently. Because even though this show technically takes place prior or time is fluid kind of, right? It's, it's weird because even though this Loki is from the past, it kind of exists in all times almost. At least that's how the time bleeds. Lisa's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when Loki picked up the uh, Tesseracts, it was an end game. So um, it was during either it had to go beyond going on during end game because uh, when he, uh, Mo, uh, Mobius showed him the video when they were talking about his life and, you know, they did the DB Cooper thing. And then they um, also talked about, um, uh, uh, you know, he started disagreeing, started getting an argument, and then he came back in there and he started watching it, and he saw the rest of his life play out. Saw his mom die, saw his dad die. Well, he re 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 rewitnessed his mom dying. He he didn't see his dad dying because he wasn't around, um, and then he saw uh, Thanos kill him, right? Um, and and he saw himself turn into some sort of hero, uh, fighting, um, trying to save Asgard. I think, and he he also saw Asgard get destroyed, right? By his, by his sister. So um, there's a lot of things that Loki had to internalize because now he's seen the, how the rest of his life played out. And now he knows why he's uh, there at the, at, at the TVA. So um, yeah, the, the, the ending of uh, the episode one was, uh, was, was pretty insane. Um, and as we go into episode two, you know, uh, PK, the Nexus events, what are those? Like how, how are those explained in, in, the, in the series? As uh, far as my understanding, the way it is, is variance is what we now know as different iterations of the characters. You know, when they do something to step out of the timeline, such as what Loki did with the Tesseract, that creates a Nexus event. So the police figure out this, what he did and immediately come in to correct the problem and try to wipe that moment of history out of existence. I, I, it's, I still think it's super complex for me to absorb because it's like, what? Because in game, they went to a different universe of a timeline to recover. And then this is a Loki of a different universe of a timeline. So I just think all this is, is a little strange. So is this Loki a different universe of a timeline or is all the universe's timeline just some sort of connected in some sort of way? And then Anytime a variant does something, like could be a Loki, just not a Loki that we know of, do something different. Or does all, a, a lot of Lokis look the same or do they not look the same? Or And it, if they all did something different, not just Loki, but anybody like you, me, uh, could Carlo be uh, a different person? He could be a, a woman variant in a different <laughs> situation, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, but if they do something outside of, 
what the TVA know that should happen. This is why I'm thinking that they have knowledge, man, because how do they know to hit him up so quick? Like he didn't even right. do anything. They yeah. they was on him like white on rice, right? It was crazy. Like as soon as he teleported, they was there. He didn't know what happened. He it, it was over. So these these Nexus events, I think they named them this, you know, specifically to give them an excuse to try and police or and in some ways could be manipulating the timeline themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, also in season two, uh, this is when uh, Loki's variant Sylvie uh, comes to the, the forefront. Carlo, like, you know, when she was introduced in that where and that, you know, she had been messing around with the TVA for a while now. And, you know, when they first introduced her in uh, the supermarket, what, what did you what did you think about that? Well, I was really intrigued, right, because we didn't know exactly a hundred percent who this other variant of Loki was. But what I did know is that this Loki was very intelligent. Uh, it threw the TVA off and it wanted to, it was set on a revenge thing just to destroy the TVA and alter the timelines intentionally. It intrigued me, man. Like I was like, why is this Loki doing this? What is the purpose of this? Do they want to get back to their timeline? Do they want to destroy multiple timelines? What is the whole purpose? And then as we get into what is it was like a supermarket and it was a mix of a hardware store, whatever, whatever it really was. It was very interesting because she had the power to just touch someone and control them for a few moments in time. And that really kind of tricked the TVA because she took control of some of the TVA's uh, guards. And she took control of random people. Loki kind of saw this and was like, whoa, this is great. I got to go follow this Loki and figure out, you know, what their plan is. As he gets in the back uh, with her, he sees like all these different things and... Uh, I guess like the timeline bombs that she has or she has collected or something. And she, you know, he sees everything on camera and it's like, well, we got to work together. We both have the same idea to stop the TVA. And I just thought that was really cool how they escaped together. And it just like, I mean, you could tell at this point that it was set up uh, in fact for the Loki that we know to fall for this female Loki, Sylvie, we you just could you could kind of see the setup there because he admired her intelligence and her uh, courage. And no matter like how many times a Loki fails at what they're trying to do, she was persistent until he gets everything right. And he admired that that, and he was like along for the ride, you know. And then they kind of escape together and they end up uh trapped on a planet that's uh, about to be destroyed <laughs> i thought that i thought that was really cool like it, it i don't know it's just something there and you kind of saw at that time when they were trapped on that planet uh you kind of saw a little bit of humanity in loki he kind of got drunk singing asgard songs he stops a big building from falling and he also, he really feels bad for the people on that planet. Like, it's almost like 
uh, there's a point where they're kind of like standing in line, right? And he's like, do they all know that they're not going to make it? Like, he's, you know, it just, there was some humanity in him there for a second where he wasn't as this bad guy that we all seem. And instead, we kind of learn that he only does what he has to do just to survive for himself. And it's not mm-hmm. like he's out, you know, hell-bent on destroying the world or reality as we know it. It's that he wants to kind of rule stuff, but he also wants to survive and not necessarily hurt the whole planet. He just wants to, you know, get his own power, get his own right, rule a throne somewhere, can control a planet, control a world, whatever it is. But he doesn't want to destroy things, you know, unless he has to. I just, I just, I just got a question there, class. I, yeah. I think at least in episode two, he still was that Loki fresh off of that butt whooping he took from the Avengers. So I think he's still kind of an evil dude, but um, this other variant impressed him a lot, right? I also think that what you mentioned there, you said throne. That's a very specific word because in my mind, that Loki just wants to feel recognized. He wants to, you want people to appreciate him for him because all his life he's been in the shadow of Thor. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So um he's still manipulated, he's still narcissistic, he's still who he is. But like you say, I, I won't say he's complete. I, I, I agree that he's not completely evil, but he is evil in a sense because he still will sacrifice people for his own ambitions. He still would use people as pawns for his own ambitions. He still would kill a lot of people to get what he wants because he feels he deserves it. He feels entitled to it. And yeah. I, I point out one other thing. In that marketplace, I found it was kind of scary. I, when, she, when she was sitting there having a conversation, right, and it felt odd. I didn't know what was happening at first. I didn't realize that she was able to manipulate the thoughts. And so, you know, she started having, saying specific words and asked specific questions and whatnot. And that's that transition. And I think that is unique because it also, it still shows that she has the same type of ambition that what Loki likes in her or whatnot. But it also says that she is also more assertive than he is. You said he's a survivor. She's more than that. She she will sacrifice anything just to meet the ends, which is a little different than him, his ambitions. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, so as we're as we're as we're in episode three, um, she was um when they were sitting down and talking, right? Um, they they had a conversation about magic and his mom and prior relationships, and you know, she was like uh uh really down and not knowing her mom and then uh, Loki, you know, started talking about his mom and showing that, you know, his magic. And she was actually impressed with that. And you could tell so, sort of back to what Carla was saying about the humanity of Loki, you know, as he was going out and getting drunk. And then he asked Sylvia about the magic that you were just describing. Um, she taught herself it, you know, she was like, I taught myself, you know, right. um, and Loki was uh, super surprised about that. I think Loki, this, the, you know, the version of Loki that we're looking at here doesn't know um, the span of his powers, really. He he probably, once he figures it out, 
it's going to be, <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty big. And we'll see what happens sort of like, you know, does he, does he make his way back to the normal timeline or does he just stay uh, within the uh, TVA and, you know, actually takes, takes over, but we'll get to that later. But yeah, it was a, it was a good conversation and, and you could tell sort of the relationship starting to build there as they were getting a little bit closer and understanding one another, but they still don't trust each other. <laughs> and that was evident through all throughout the entire, the entire series. But, but one thing um, of, that was happening in that episode is like, you know, as, as they were not going to make it because the train, you know, derailed and, and Carla, when you mentioned to Loki showing his powers and stopping that building from falling, you know, it was crazy because it was just happening and he just, stopped and it was just like what was like whoa where did that come from i don't think we've ever seen loki do anything like that before you know so it was you know he's always used a trickster jokester or you know you know bad dude beating up people and stuff like that but for him to do that and rescue people um, brings back to the humanity part where you could start seeing him change yeah so as they they figure out that you know the temp pad can't get recharged they have no way to get off the planet because the ship crashed the tva comes and uh, rescues them and slash captures them so they're back right so as they're back obius is not happy the tva is not happy they split them up um they start talking to them and you know uh sylvie is trying to play loki tricks on uh, on ravana rainslayer you know she's trying to play those tricks after all that stuff that's going on uh dion how, how did you feel when uh, uh, at the towards the end of the episode, uh, Moby is getting pruned. Like, that <laughs> was a shocker to me. I was like, Whoa, yeah. so first he was defending them, and then he was, you know, like he wanted to capture him, and then he was just like all over the place. So, uh, you know, I guess you, how do you lead up to the pruning, you know, going through that so, episode? Yeah, so, um, I think it was shocking because this character was introduced to us, and I mean the actor that plays as him is not, he's a pretty famous actor and it's more or less the interpretation is this is going to be a key character uh, moving this narrative forward. So seeing that happen is kind of take that safety net off of under you. Like anything can happen now because the guy that was, that seemed like a buddy partner of Loki, even though they're going back and forth, is now swept out, out of the uh, picture. So, and then, you know, you're trying to understand what, what is really pruning? What, what is, what is the, a normal timeline? Is anything a normal timeline? Or is this just a timeline that we understand or what we know? Um, could there be multiple timelines? Could there be a different universe timeline? In, in other words, um, I, it's, it's, it's a lot of questions. And what is really pruned what does that really mean you know it's at least it, the way the it's the show is it's basically telling the the audience that you don't exist but is that re what really what is really happening here i don't know but i do know it was disheartening um because you was just now getting attached to this character and it just you know sweeping away and everything and then then you see our main guy in the next episode suffers the same fate the guy that the, the freaking show is named after and you're like hold on something ain't right here 
we need to rewind and go back to understand what this prune really is. Like, you get what I mean? Like, something, you take two of the main people off of the chessboard out of nowhere, just like a snap at, in so many words. So, again, I feel like it, it was like taking that safety net off of underneath of your feet to let you know that anything could happen. However, we, 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 you know, there's other episodes to go on. So, you know, it's got to be more to it, right? So, definitely, it was very, it kind of felt scary, right? In a, in a well, sense, right? Right. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up as we, before we uh, move on to the next uh, subject here, is that um, Momius put Loki in that time loop with Lady Sif. Right. We haven't seen Lady Sif forever, so right. it was surprising to see her. Yes. <laughs> she and was he, just... He was taking a beating for a minute. He was taking... <laughs> he just kept and getting... Over. And he tried to... He even tried to... What he, he, what, he, what he tried to do, he tried to tell her, like, look, I'm sorry. You're right. I am all these things. And she still just... She still gave it to him. You know what I mean? He had to take that L, like, numerous times. <laughs> he was out of breath, and he wouldn't even want to get doing the swinging he was right. just, <laughs> that was messed up all right and they found out that the, the tba are robots so all that stuff is oh tied into to um loki getting pruned um and uh carlo um as you know loki gets pruned he shows up on this planet and then what are your what you know when he wakes up and he sees all these people what were your thoughts uh I was very interested because, <laughs> it, you know, this is where you finally get to see the different variants and, and where they end up, I guess, uh, either when they're pruned or um, it, that one kid claimed that was his world and he had killed his brother Thor. So it was really interesting just to see how many different Lokis there were. And this is only a small factor of the possibility of Loki, so I couldn't even imagine how many more there were, especially because, and this cracks me up, but yes, Marvel created an alligator Loki, and I love that alligator Loki. So, uh, Marvel, Disney, Brian, if you're watching this, can we get an alligator Loki toy <laughs> figure? Because I want one. I just want one. I think that was so cool. The, yeah, you know. Each one of the Lokis had their own personalities. So that just made it so much more unique. And they had their own abilities. Uh, you saw like a, a, a Loki fighter, which was this big guy. He was tall and he looked muscular. And he, you know, he kind of wore clothes of a warrior. And he had like a hammer with him. And then you saw like a little kid with a crown that was drinking, uh, you know, and they were all saluting. He was drinking a little high C thing with a straw sitting on his throat. <laughs> so it just and the alligator, you know, he only said one thing, and I was like, growl. Like every time he disagreed with someone, even even he just like to jump bite people's hands. So I mean, President Loki's hand. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, that's another thing that I, you know, is a good point here is that when we see these variants and they go underground, uh, there is a, a sabotage surprise by, you know, the warrior Loki who brings in the president Loki 
from who is known in the comic book universe for a four-part miniseries, which is really interesting that they brought him into the series and he had a whole bunch of other Lokis that were working with him and then they all turned against them anyway. And it was like, no Loki could trust another Loki right. except the old Loki, the alligator Loki, the kid Loki, and the Loki that we know. It's like they all ended up together and they all seemed to trust each other enough to an extent. And I think they were just tired of all this infighting and uh, they just wanted to get the heck out of there wherever they were and figure out how mm. to clear this void. So, man. I, I yeah, yeah, I kinda I, I loved it. That was episode five is my favorite episode. It was just so damn mm-hmm. cool. And that is where we also see uh Mobius come into action to uh save Sylvie, which was very shocking. I didn't think Mobius would be there. And then, you know, at the very end, the the initial Loki in the old clothes sacrificed himself by creating this fake looking Asgard to let the other, let the others escape. And that leads us into episode six and PK, you know, on episode six, uh, what did you think about it? And the introduction of how, you know, it started out. Oh, when they showed King the Conqueror, yo, let me tell you something. Okay. I, you know, I freaked out because this is a, He's kind of like a reoccurring villain uh, fighting Avengers. But what's really cool is, at least in the comic, and this is why I think this is, in my opinion, uh, episode six is probably the, the best, is because it brings home all these elements, right? All these elements of loyalty, trust, free will, all these things, and Loki himself, like his personality, his different variant personalities, all this stuff. And Kang also is Kang the Conqueror. Like from the comics, he, even though I don't think they said, he, he he's always tied to Dr. Doom and have these, could be a descendant of him, right? Because he comes from the future. He is an intelligent being like a, um, I, was it a, a scholar? So this version is a scholar. It's almost like he's the smarter one out of all the variants who maybe figured all this stuff out. I don't know. He probably knows about all these variants and all these universes. And this could be that Kang. But when he said something like, if you think I'm bad, if you think I'm evil, you should see my variants. I think that's foreshadowing. I think that's foreshadowing Kang the Conqueror and it could be different ones because there were different ones, right? I was going to say, yeah, as he was talking, he was, uh, they were, when they were sitting in the chair, as he was talking, he was going through the sacred timeline and explaining everything. So that touches on your subject of how it brought everything home, right? Cause right, he's like, right. You know, and, and he had that conversation with both Lokis, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they realized, and at this time, Loki himself, he has fallen over heels for his variant. And even though he, he stated nar- he, he is narcissistic, this proves that he loves himself more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But he was willing to give up all his ambitions for the variant. However, 
This is where that trust, free will, and loyalty come in. All these elements we've been building up to. And we here with this situation and, 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 you know, Kang is playing on it. You know, he's basically saying, you know, this is what it is. He's willing to give up all this power, but it has to be one. It has to be the person or, you know, a, a, a situation is going to happen. And right. I think he knew, I think he sat there and watched him because he was like, you know what? I'm going to give it to both of you. Right. But he knew that they can't trust each other because Loki, a Loki can't trust another Loki. And it ended up playing out that way. Um, and, and I think and, he also knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think his, I think he knew beyond the understanding of what was happening before it happened. Like he was just tired. That's why I think what happened at the end happened because I think he was just done. He didn't want to do it anymore. But I also think he knows what's coming down the line. Mm-hmm. Let me let me give you that reincarnation. Is that reincarnation? Well, 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 check this out. Let me give you something he in in the comics. He he appeared back in the Fantastic Four comic back in the day, but you guys know the Sphinx over there in Egypt. Nobody really has history on how this came, how this happened, really. Well, Marvel took that idea of Kang coming to the past to the that timeline in a spaceship that looks like the Finx. Mm. And and even though some stuff happened, you know, he got in a fight with Fantastic Four, got booted out of that timeline. He left that Sphinx there to out uh, uh, his his understanding is to make humanity wonder about this of all time, just to give him a stamp. All I'm saying is that was one version. Then we got another version. So all I'm saying is that it, I think this is foreshadowing this type of situation where we're expanding the idea of everything that we've been watching or as the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point is it. No, that means now we're sitting at a situation where all of these um, variants or possibilities of storylines can now uh, con- convey on each other so we will we'll see this i think i'm i'm almost i don't have a guarantee but i'm pretty sure we're going to see this king to conquer right come from the future to the past and, and do these things the reason why i'm talking about him because i think he's the strongest character in this storyline because all the power he held when it came to the timeline right and, and with that being said, the influence of a Loki to wield that power is too powerful for one Loki to be okay to share. Let's, let's be honest. That's why they can't trust each other because they know better. If a Loki could get absolute power, he was sacrificed. Like we said, we talked about earlier, he will sacrifice anybody to meet those ambitions, not just the one we know, but other ones too, right? Other variants, just like other variants of King and Conqueror are probably more ambitious than the one we've seen here. However, the one we've seen here, I believe is probably the smart one that figured this whole thing out, seen it play out, and he was just tired. And And he he even said it, he said, I pit all the other Kings against each other 
figured it all out, won it, and then kept the sacred timeline and then created the TVA to uh, police it. So right. So we didn't have you know, any issues. He was like, everything that happened in Endgame and Infinity War was supposed to happen because I made it happen. Right. Right. And and, so. and, that, and that plays on when I was saying, like manipulating the timeline, like just kind of facilitating what they wanted to happen, if you get mm-hmm. what I mean. So is it really a variant at that point? Or is it they're the variants? Well, I guess we all variants at, at, at the end of the day, but you get what I mean. It seems to me that they were funneling the timeline the way they wanted it to go. But now the door is open. Now we are in a situation where, yeah, I thought it was cool. We got a cartoon clock that's talking to us that, you know what I mean? Clowns, uh, I mean, uh, Carlo, he don't, he may not see or understand where this cartoon clock comes, but it's pretty cool. Um, At the end of the day, the multiverse is a thing. I felt like this episode set the groundwork for uh, because all the other TV series, this one, even though this one takes place before or started before, rather, this one set the heaviest groundwork of all the multi possibilities to come. And again, I dropped that hint that I don't know for sure, but it's hinted that Kang is a descendant of, of Dr. Doom. And if that's true, then if that is real and it's going to be real, if it is real in MCU, then we will see Fantastic Four and all this other stuff come to pass too. And then Kane the Conqueror and more Avenger fights, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm excited. I think this is dope. All this storyline, all this stuff we're talking about. Um, and, and the fact that Mobius is also a strong character being there new, but his trust was broken because he believed in this, TBA and he real he he started to see that they manipulated his life. They manipulated everything, people's minds, everything. I remember he they he had a partner and I forgot we didn't touch on it, but she couldn't speak anymore. She couldn't speak. Uh, and he didn't know what happened and they wouldn't tell him what happened and he couldn't go talk to her. And it, and it was like, why is this such a mystery? Why is this such a thing? And you re- you start to realize that the TBA is more than what they say. And most organizations is, I mean, if the MCU didn't sh- uh, prove it to us, I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. is not what they say they are. And <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's like an ongoing theme, right? It's like a lot of these organizations that seem like they're good, just they're organizations. They, they have yeah. no good intentions. It's, it's, it's what matters to them. So yeah. uh, I think this is great. Um, anyways, guys, w- when it comes to the end of the episode six, I just want to know, like, what do you think about the multiverse and how would this interconnect to the MCU going forward? Because in my mind, this is probably the best uh, of the TV series that set that groundwork. Yeah. So um, as we, as we start into the multiverse, um, uh, Carlo, how, you know, I'm going to kind of dump it, dump it back on you a little bit, because you do have some scenarios and some, some ideas and things like that, you know, as we come up with the next round of MCU movies coming out, you know, you got Ant-Man, Quantumania, but before that, we have Spider-Man, nobody knows what's going on in Spider-Man, that's going to be out, and then you have uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania, and then you have uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, 
you know, we still got to finish sort of some of that one division stuff and then address all this stuff because he is the keeper of the sacred timeline. Um, and then you have uh, at the end of all this fantastic four. So um, how do you feel about all this new stuff that's coming and based off how this show sort of set the groundwork um, for the, uh, for the multiverse? Man, I am excited for this. Paris. I live for the multiverse divergence. Um, if you go back to the Black Widow episode that we did, I put timestamps in there, and you can see some of my timeline divergence uh, conspiracy theories. And this Loki episode kind of leads me to more timeline divergence theories. And I am going to stick with the fact that Spider-Man 3 is going to be a multiverse of Spider-Man. I do believe that this opens up the Kingdom Black series, which has been mentioned several times now by Marvel creators as something relevant, that this is going to be where Peter Parker does not give up his Venom suit after Secret War, and he is going to flip into the multiverse, and we are going to be introduced to the symbiote king, uh, somewhere in the movies briefly, or somewhere in a TV series. And it's very possible that with uh, Kang the Conqueror, is that he wants to create this madness, all these divergence and timeline issues. And then we're probably going to see a Kang that wants to bring it in and kind of save the timeline, which is like what King and Black was, where he came back and... Kind of wanted to save the timeline with the Guardian. The Guardian was watching everything. Read that series if you haven't read it. Because I swear Marvel is headed this way. And the very interesting thing about this to me is that not only did Peter Parker keep the Venom suit, right? And I, I think that's going to be mentioned in Spider-Man 3 with the multiverse. But we're going to see that these symbiotes, uh, these what they call shadow creatures as well, uh, don't necessarily always attach on to a living object, but they can take the shape and form of living objects as well. So they could be imposters for a little bit. And I think that maybe we're going to be introduced to imposter characters or variant imposter characters that are going to try to um, create new scenarios in this universe, which would be really cool for Marvel to do that because it just... It creates a wide hole of conspiracy theories and fun topics and rumors and fans getting crazy over their next favorite thing. Oh, man. You know, Paris, I just think that this is what's going to happen is it's <laughs> going to just blow up from here. And then, <clears throat> I mean, we're going to I think we're going to see Red Skull variants. I think we're going to see uh, variants of Dr. Doom. We already seen in the comic books and in the Loki series of kind of like a variant of Kang the Conqueror as well. And who are these guardians that watch over the timeline? I know that in the show they were kind of like robots, but in the comic book King of Black, it was like a really omnipresent being or beings that watched over different timelines to make sure that they didn't collide or divulge. And I think this is where it's going to get really interesting and further to my point after this, right, is now 
where does Guardians of the Galaxy come in? I think they're going to play a part in this in the future as well, Paris. I honestly believe that they're going to have something to do with the future of this because Star-Lord's father was kind of like a god as well. You know? Celestial being, yeah. A celestial being. So everything just kind of ties in. And then we're going to get back to Thanos and the Infinity Stones and the Infinity War. And could all these Infinity Stones that uh, PK talked about that were like paperweights and uh, paper collections, could they have somehow prevented Infinity Wars in different timelines? I mean, another thing, too, to think about is that in Episode 6... We saw helicopters on the ground with the name Thanos, right? Mm. So what does that mean on top of everything else? Was Thanos mm-hmm. a leader? Was Thanos a uh, a good person in one of the timelines? You know, was he a good being that kind of helped the world and try to stop corruption with the Infinity Stones? We don't know until Marvel gets more into this. But, um, and then, okay, I'm sorry for getting... Get a little bit off here, but again, another timeline divulgence. Could this kind of go back to the, if you think about the X-Men cartoon series, which is on Disney Plus now, the original Fox series, they had Jubilee, um, you know, they had Sabretooth, they had a very interesting setup for Weapon X, and they had the Sentinels, right? The Mm -hmm. Sentinels. So could the Sentinels be part of a divergent timeline with the Thanos in a divergent timeline and Omega Red a divergent in a timeline? All of this could come into play now. They could bring in all these characters that they have out there that are so powerful and so unique and so underused, especially Juggernaut. Come on, Marvel, get juggernaut man give us a good juggernaut you know and deadpool uh i know they're trying to bring deadpool into the marvel cinematic universe but in deadpool juggernaut didn't wear his normal suit either if you remember that and those x-men um were kind of like a parody of x-men just making it fun so could all that come into a multiverse plane i don't know paris uh take it away what do you think yeah, um, I was excited at the end of Loki. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, this like, where is this going to go? Um, because we we already knew that all these movies were going to be out, but we didn't know the sort of the direction, right? We just knew that they were coming. Um, and now it's like, oh, <laughs> Loki just dropped the bomb, right? Just imagine if you're Doctor Strange, right? You got to go fix the stuff that happened in WandaVision. You know, she, now she's some some Scarlet Witch and she's got all these powers and messing around in the dark realms with, you know, Agatha Harkness and all this other stuff. And and that sort of multiverse of, you know, she heard her kids. Now she's probably tooling around with the dark magic. Uh, I forgot what the term was called, but she has the special magic. So overpowering magic that she has now she can, you know, she has the book. Um, So Dr. Strange has to figure that out. Now he has to figure out the stuff that's happened in in Loki. Um, He's going to be in Spider-Man. So, there's got to be a reason why he's in Spider-Man. Um, so it's like, what is way? And he's the person that's in charge of the managing all this. So he's got to be shaking his head right now. <laughs> like, you know, holy crap, right? So we'll see sort of how all this shakes out. 
Um, you know, we have Eternals that's coming. Eternals, they were always the, the, the beings that never got involved. Um, they didn't get involved in Endgame or Infinity War and all this other stuff, the snap. They didn't do any of that stuff. But now they're awake, right? Now they're getting involved. So whatever's happening now, because of this Loki series and what Kang um, explained, brought them, I think is going to bring them out of the, the, the background and have them sort of jump into all this. Now, I don't know if we're going to have like a major team up if they, there is, I don't know which movie it would be in because the way that the, the schedules are, the, are, are, are out for the movies, you know, Dr. Strange multiverse of madness comes and you know, I'm sure that's going to be big. Like that's going to, maybe it may be on the Avengers level because how they're building all this up, you know, you're gonna have a, a couple of ruthless canes running around. Um, I, I think at the, I think you're right. I, th- I think you're right, but I, there's one movie you forget to mention. I mean, mention, and that's Shane Chi, mm-hmm. and that comes first. And and we don't the the for us the trailers. There is some things they are in particularly not showing us, and the city of Kung Fu is a mystic place in itself um, that exists outside of normal dimension or continuity. So we don't know what that's gonna be like. So that could also be a part of this and also kind of be a gateway into something else. We don't know, but I'm just throwing it out there. Like we gotta keep that in mind as well. And and uh, I believe that they, the TV shows are lined up in such a way so that when the movies drop, it is the groundwork that Black Widow and Loki already set because both of those took place prior to the staff, but still had some sort of after, you know, some of the groundwork for newer characters, new threats, new things that are happening going forward that I think we're going to start seeing that crop up in the new movies that are dropping going forward. I think that's the reason why, um, you know, Black Widow released in the, in the time that it did. Um, not, I mean, far as now, I understand it took place before, but there were some after effects. There's some, there's some things that happen even after the snap, just like Loki. I, we, and, and again, we still don't understand how this timeline even means. What does it even mean? To me, I think it's all relevant. So it exists all at the same time and they could just go into those timelines or verses, multiverses, and just have existing different iterations of what does that look like, right? I don't know, I'm just speculating, right? So to me, I don't know if it's fat, past, future or present, more or less like they could just reach into like a water and just pick what part they want to hop onto. I don't. I don't know how to explain it, but this is what, how I view it. It's kind of like it's all yeah. the same to them. Yeah. Regardless of what sort of happens, um, to be a Marvel fan right now is it's it's pretty epic. So this is this is this is what we all dreamed of, right? Uh, growing up, you know, once we got movies started, it's like um, you know Marvel Studios got you know went, after they got bought by Bit Disney, they they kicked out and they started doing the stuff this stuff and tying all these storylines together and so far um other industries are starting to uh 
starting to really pay attention to it because keep the stories going, have people continue to talk about it and stuff like that. So it was, it's, it's been pretty cool to see this happen. I'm, I'm very excited for the future. Right. With that being said, what do you guys give Loki season? Like what is your verdict of the season itself? Um, I'll go first and then kick it to Carlo for me. Um, I give it five out of five stars. Um, I think the first three TV shows that they've done, I've given five out of five stars, WandaVision, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and this one also. So yeah, they're not missing a beat for me. <laughs> this is, this is epic. How about yourself, Carlo? I think, I think on this one, I'd give it a 4.5 out of five stars. I feel like that uh, when we are introduced to the variants and I know their, their shows are time limited, right? But I wish we could have got more, stories behind some of the variants i really am interested in alligator loki and i hope that like they tell us more about alligator loki like i think alligator loki is great (laughs) hey look um for me i give it a four out of five um and as much as i like falcon winter soldier i feel like this one um specifically episode six uh gave us more to look forward to Mm -hmm. and i appreciate the actors the um their chemistry on on film together it's it was excellent it felt natural it felt really like you know there's a connection and i'm not just talking about um loki himself but you know talking about mobius i'm talking about just in general um, the chemistry of these actors, they did a great job on delivering and making us believe in something we just never seen before. Like I said, these, this is like, an, this is, all this is an original story, original plot to push forward um, a new era uh, in the Marvel's MCU, right? Um, I also feel like uh, with that being said, it gives us more to look, to, look forward to and season two, and, and I get what you're saying, Carlo. I I, I understand you. You want to get into uh, Alligator Loki, and it was an interesting character. But you know, all these shows are done with high budgets, and you know you're not the the special effects, everything are top notch. The stuff is expensive, so they gotta condense it because <laughs> you know what I mean. Is that a it's not, it's, it, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, we enjoy them all uh, for sure, but I always said that quality over quantity. So six episodes gave us the highest quality possible. I would rather have high quality and be excited for what's coming next than to have 25 and it just kind of go on, you know, spinning wheels. So, yeah. you know, kudos to them. They put in their work. They put in a lot of effort. They got the right people in place and they're doing their thing. I think is a, a great segue into the next uh, the next story. What, what yeah. is the next story, by the way? Is is it Saint Shang Chi? I think it's Shang uh, Chi is the next uh, Marvel Studios. Really, well, actually, what if is coming? Oh, um, what if talking about? Right. Yeah, what if is coming? Uh, will we be, we will be doing a episode by episode review, so stay tuned on that. Um, and uh, what uh, after that is Shang Chi is the next uh, motion picture release. Um, one thing, Carlo, that that uh, that I, I totally understand how 
how uh, uh, how alligator Loki was, and it was awesome because they did do Frog Thor, right? So Frog Thor was in the in the show too. Um, just little 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 trinkets and Easter eggs all through this uh, through this uh, TV series was was great. Um, one thing I did want to bring um, before we get out of here is that uh, uh, old Loki. So there was this theory going around and, and it, it blew up on my, on, on our uh, Facebook page also. Um, uh, and what happened was everybody thought Loki survived Thanos choking him, right. By creating a, a shell of himself and then him escaping in the background. Now the old Loki sort of put that theory to rest because the old Loki told that story. He was like, yeah, uh, when I was getting choked by Thanos, I, <laughs> I pretended to be him and I left and then went to went far, far away for years and years and years. So he actually was on a different timeline for a long, long time. And then they finally caught him, right? Something happened and then he uh, got caught. Uh, so he been had been and diverged from a timeline from a long time ago, but he kind of put that theory to rest because the theory was that our current Loki did that and survived. But now we know that it was actually the old Loki who actually did that. I'm, I'm glad they listened to the fan theories because they tie that into this episode so brilliantly um, into the, into the TV show. So um, I'm, I'm super excited as, as, as I'm sure everyone else is. So, yeah. So Carla, what do you think? Close us out. Let's close this, um, let's close this out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with you hundred percent. And I hope, you know, Marvel, if you're listening to this, you could create alligator Loki in a, hot tub and it would do well i'm just just telling you just telling you. um no but paris don't we have a special guest coming up before we um, get out of yes, here we, yeah yeah we do um uh hc um uh man sorry cut cut <laughs> oh gee okay um okay i'm gonna i'm gonna get it right right here Hey Carla, yeah, 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 we do. We got a uh, uh, Hochi. Um, he is a he actually is uh, uh, doing the story for the new Luke Cage comic that's going to be coming out. Oh man, um, he's also mm -hmm. the art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's also the author of the comic uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Biop. Um, that's on Amazon. Uh, that that's done well over the years. He's also penned um, and written all sorts of stories throughout the history. So we got a show with him coming up. That's going to be awesome. Um, I cannot wait till we until we uh, get to talk to him. So um, yeah, that's all we have for right now. And I'm sure we have uh, others coming up and lined up. So stay tuned. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So awesome, everybody out there. Please post your comments below, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, or wherever else you see this. Post your comments below. Let us know if you like our theories, if you disagree with our theories, or if you got other theories out there. Because this is where it gets fun to be a fan of comic books and movies. And we appreciate you all for listening. So catch the next episode, which is going to be about what if. And we're also going to go back through other series like WandaVision and more as well. So thank you very much for watching. I hope everyone had a great time listening to us and enjoyed it and see you guys next time. Embrace your inner variant. <laughs>